Delve into a world of words with books and beyond. A podcast made especially for audiobook lovers. I came into the world as the youngest of five children. I wondered children. what Her Majesty would be like. Fie upon you, limpid one. Why have you taken... Immerse yourself in gripping stories and timeless classics from the comfort of your own personal space. Sun Tzu underlined three points on the context game initiative. There was initiative. no better wine and not to mention... The Whether you're a bookworm or a casual listener, our carefully curated selection of audiobooks will transport you to new worlds and stir your imagination. Subscribe to Books and Beyond and start your audiobook adventure now on radio.cgtn.com or your favorite podcast app. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Young. I'm joined by Xin Yu in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Coming up, some people find it easy to fall in love, others not so much. Maybe they've been looking in the wrong places. Now, are job-seeking apps the way to go to find a job and romance at the same time? And we'll have a heart-to-heart -heart with you. You bring the questions and we provide the answers and discussion. You can get your question on the show by sending us a voice memo or email to ezfmroundtable at boxmail.com. Your voice could be featured in the show in our Heart to Heart segment. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. Now on Roundtable. The single population in China is on the rise. According to latest data from the 2022 China Statistical Yearbook, as of 2021, the country had a single population of approximately 239 million individuals aged 15 and above. Recently, job finding apps have turned out to be an unconventional way of finding both employment and romance. Well, the theory goes, if you've got such a huge singles population, then um, there are plenty of people looking for love, one would think. So, Xinyu, tell us what's going on with this idea of finding romance and employment at the same place on an app. Yeah, recently, an online user from Hangzhou, East China's Zhejiang province, shared her experience of finding a boyfriend on a job-finding app. And she posted a series of notes detailing the story on Xiaohongshu, China's lifestyle-sharing platform. She said that during the process of finding a job on she submitted her resume and job preferences to a recruiter. And after chatting for a while, the recruiter advised her not to join the company. He told her that she's overqualified and the company doesn't offer much room for promotion. So he suggested her go to a larger company instead. And his honesty and sincerity really impressed her. And then it led to more conversations, which gradually shifted from the professional to the personal. So they ended up with a meeting in person and finally being in love. So that's a sweet story, I guess. <laughs> yeah. How sweet is it for you, Josh? A bit, maybe a bit too much? 
No, no, I was crying my eyes out <laughs> when I was reading the notes before this show. Um, All the violin out. <laughs> yeah. No, I love a good romantic story. What are you talking about? I don't know. Does everybody have this image of me as being really cold and British with my curtains closed all the yeah, time watching yeah. <laughs> watching gangster movies? Um, no, it's a nice story. But, uh, you know, when I first heard that we were going to talk about this, I thought, oh, wow. So there's an app that somehow combines finding work with dating online. Oh. I thought it was an actual app that did somehow did both and I was thinking that sounds a bit wrong you know <laughs> it seems like a, a little bit corrupt somehow but uh, obviously it didn't go that way but it makes a lot of sense I mean for me I guess what this story illustrates and what a lot of dating apps are missing is that often we need the ice to be broken somehow before we become comfortable enough to start engaging as our true selves right mm. and I think that that's what happens with like if you do something that is platonic like well it should be platonic like applying for a job um and you get to know that person in a non-romantic way and then immediately whether you're attracted to them or not you can start to have a proper conversation whereas when you're using a traditional dating app you have to constantly put forward the best version of yourself or you have to try and put forward the real version of yourself and all of this and that and it's so difficult to know what the other person's motivations are and th the whole thing's just really complicated and ultimately whatever you think about dating apps there are a lot of normal people on there just like you right everybody thinks that they're normal when they go on it but and everyone <laughs> else is strange but it's just not the case and I guess that what some more developed apps are trying to do which what this story kind of illustrates is try and figure out a way to break that ice in a more casual uh, non-romantic way so I guess that's what I took away from this, but I, I didn't cry, but it does sound like a, a beautiful story. And I hope that the couple are still together and going strong. Mm, yeah. Well, we don't know, well, what happens next, but at least, you know, yeah, probably two not. lovebirds being killed with one stone, love stone, <laughs> whatever you call it. Oh, how romantic. <laughs> Yeah, that's just how romantic I am, you know. Um, also, one of the reasons why this could work, possibly, is that apparently people are a little bit more truthful mm. when uh, they put the information down when they're uh, looking for a job as opposed to building your online dating profile, yeah. maybe. Um, I agree with you. And I think the story that I just told might not be an individual case because I searched online and I just found out it's more common than you think. Some people actually use LinkedIn as a platform to find a date. Um, one of the reasons can be that information displayed on LinkedIn is more authentic and reliable than those on dating apps. And there actually is an article in 2017 titled Seven Reasons Why Everyone is Using LinkedIn for Dating. And it says that even if people don't end up going on a date, they might find a professional connect out of it. And also, I think why it's possible to find love on job-seeking platforms is because um, apart from the basic information, some job seekers, they also um, provide 
private information like your personal photos, interests, hobbies, personality traits, and also phone numbers or WeChat IDs on their resumes. So it's、um, more convenient to have direct conversations with these job seekers. So for those HRs who are single and you are recruiting talents for a company, it can be handy to find a partner as well. Well, I guess it's quite handy, but doesn't it all seem a little bit wrong? <laughs> you're you know? supposed to do your job, but in fact, you're finding love. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and also, I mean, really, I think people should be hired on their on their merit and on their. It shouldn't be based upon physical attractiveness. And I I fear as though I know that this isn't. It's supposed to be separate, but I fear as though this could quite easily get very muddled and mixed up. I think you should go into something with a very professional head on that for for that yeah, particular context. And if the context is work,、mm. you should keep your work head on. Of course,、mm. things happen. I think、yeah. that most romantic relationships, in terms of specific context, most of them happen at work, actually. But I think that's for afterwards. That's such a、know? great point. Yeah, Josh. Like that's the part that you know I I was just totally oblivious of until you've been. You know, in the workplace for more than ten years, and because you know, because <laughs> you hear people say, "The same like, workplace." Okay, and, and this is my personal, like, you know, workplace、um, model too. That you know, you keep everything professional, and you're not thinking about romance when you're working. But if you look at like global statistics and and people's anecdotes, it's like it was some ridiculously high percentage, like. Forty、yeah. percent, if not higher, of、uh, Americans they found their partner via work, and and actually, in fact, it makes a lot of sense. But also, given the caveat of after COVID, so many of,、um, let's say, people who work in English-speaking countries they don't go to work. Uh, five days a week anymore, like four day work weeks or like a hybrid work mode of two plus three, three days at work or three days away. That kind of thing is increasingly prevalent. So I don't know what kind of effect will that have on your love life, but yeah, like according to like the the older statistics that I just cited, because we spend so much time at work, and it seems like,、uh, and also at work, you really get to know the people. You get to know what they're. Truly like how they handle stress, how、yeah. they handle huge projects and everything,、mm. and it's the yeah really good place to test them out actually and see if they're suitable for love. I think workplace is one of the places to find your loved one, but I can resonate with the reasons why it's so hard to find a partner. Nowadays, for especially for young people, because we have very fixed social circle, we have a limited group of friends or acquaintances, and sometimes we have people who are who are a homebody.、Um, he or she prefers staying at home rather than going out or traveling, you know, socializing. So these can be challenges for us to to find a romantic relationship. Yes, indeed, and. If we keep on carrying out that otaku lifestyle, then we'll never meet anybody, unless you go online. Or, Josh, do you have some suggestions here? What do you think? Well, you, you know,、uh, you might have changed my mind about this this whole work thing because I think there is something definitely to be said for why people meet at work, right? And in terms of suggestions, I guess that one has to make oneself 
available, I think, to some degree. And I think that that's just a state of mind. I think this this can get very deep and abstract here, but I think <laughs> that um, it's a state of mind. And it is easier for some people than others. Again, talking about your workplace. Workplace is a great place to meet people who share similar interests, similar ambitions, have a similar perspective on life, have a similar skill set, right? And that's great in a partner, potentially. But if your workplace is small, or if you've, you know, been there for a long amount of time, and the team is small, doesn't change much, or your work is quite isolated for some degree, it might not be the case. So um, maybe, yeah, I don't know, go on some recruitment app and <laughs> try and find a partner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I didn't suggest that you do that but you know maybe yeah I think that's why um dating apps they they are getting so popular they've uh, among these young singles you know in China also we have platforms they allow users to create their own profiles and you can browse potential matches and engage in conversations um for me I think I used to be very skeptical about dating apps, but after a few years, I've changed my mind, I think. And because I have this fixed and small social circle that I think dating apps can be one of the ways for me to meet new people. So there are actually quite a variety of such apps available in the App Store. Mm. And I suggest um, you find platforms that suit you best especially for some platforms they need verifications of your id and education and, and also your job so to a certain degree uh, you know the information displayed on the platform is trustworthy for me i think i've always been very passive in seeking romantic relationships so so this time i decided to step out of my comfort zone and uh, to try to meet new people face to face. So the other day I matched this guy on a dating app and after saying hello to him and he said hello back to me, I just immediately asked him, would you like to, you know, meet in person? <laughs> and then the guy just disappeared. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't respond to my message and I was so confused. You know, for me, I am being proactive and I got up the courage to make the first move, but I scared the guy off. And I think he must have thought I was some sort of scam because you're so desperate to meet someone in person. Probably you're trying to sell something or I don't know. So it's not easy, even on dating apps. Yeah. Oh, it's so the opposite of easy on dating apps, you know, like there are books published, you know, that fill up shelves in bookstores, just teaching people how to build their dating profile to use these dating apps. And, um, and yeah, you mentioned there are so many different types of dating apps out there. And I think the, you know, how they hook people up really matters because, uh, well, that partially explains the popularity of um, apps such as like Bumble, is it? Like, you know, when when the woman has more of the uh, say in making the first move. And uh, so, so, yeah, like it's an interesting dynamic uh, out there. Now dating, online dating is huge because that's where people are and that's how you meet people. And, and good for you, Xingyu, for stepping out of your comfort zone. I, I also want to commend you for your bravery and um it, it is really difficult and 
I mean, you can read into it. I wouldn't read into it too much as well on <laughs> their reaction as, because you just don't know. And I'm sure that it probably wasn't like that at all. I mean, it could be, but who knows what happened? Um, I mean, you just don't know though, right? Yeah. And I think this is the one of the other dangerous things about online dating is that you often subconsciously or you have to be very strong-minded to not let those interactions shape how you think about yourself or your own actions and your own interactions. Um, and I've seen so many people tell me, oh, I, I hate online dating and then I hate dating, right? So don't let yourself get in that position. Mm. Keep going. I'm sure <laughs> you'll find you, success. <laughs> Um, still, I believe it's more efficient to have a face-to-face -face meet and talk for, let's say, half an hour than chatting online for half a month. Um, you'll be able to know what kind of person he or she really is um, by being in the same space with him or her and how the person really looks like because sometimes photos can be deceiving and the way the person talks. Um, do you feel attracted or connected? And these are some important aspects that mm. that can decide uh, if you are willing to spend some more time together in the future. Yeah, I recently read this interesting study about uh, online dating in the U.S. And uh, I think it, there, there are some interesting takeaways. One is that there are only certain people who get all the traffic when it comes to online dating and the uh, I believe it's a, a Sam Weltzman, a scholar who, who studied this. He was just talking about how that uh, with online dating in the U.S., um, let's say people kind of just assume that everybody's getting a lot of um, notifications and you're being picked and uh, stuff like that. But in fact, that's not true. And it's... If you, if you look at uh, single men, then it's mainly those in the highest earning percentage. They get all the traffic. And uh, why? Because online dating very much focuses or it highlights um, certain features of a person's resume or whatever you call that. Um, and then it's mainly when it comes to male attractiveness, it's a physical attractiveness shown in the picture and also um, how much he earns. And then, you know, sometimes there's the accidental flash of a Rolex in one of the pictures and, and, and these kind of things, it attracts traffic. But when in fact, women we really do value other things yeah. in a potential partner, such as kindness, such as are you easy to get along with? And um, so many of these other factors are invisible in online dating. Yeah. And therefore, if you're meeting this person in real life, then there are plenty of reasons that this guy will be picked. But in online dating, he doesn't. And mm. therefore, if this has become a structural factor, if not like a prominent influence of uh who who gets picked who gets hitched um in dating nowadays then online dating could could potentially have its uh detrimental effects as well because where do you meet people these days and am i under some kind of illusion here that it feels like the <laughs> physical um, venues of meeting people seem to might have shrunken in some shape or form but certainly online meeting people is supposedly a space that is expanding. Um, it's difficult because I think it's hard to show these things as well. Those those attributes that you mention, I think they're really difficult to show like visually. And all, all so many of these things are based around photographs. 
I think. Mm. And that also is really troubling because of online dating yeah yeah because i mean even if you get somebody who looks great in their photographs do you want somebody who's put so much time into making their profile picture look so great like i don't know i guess that you just have to take the plunge right and just go and meet more people but that can also be exhausting and turn you into a more impatient person the right? whole thing uh, is exhausting too much mm, yeah <laughs> Yeah. And also catfishing, you know, always be careful online. There are just so many ways to fabricate what you see online. And nowadays with deep fakes, you can't even trust videos uh, thanks to deep fakes and AI and all that stuff. So, so yeah, be careful out there. <laughs> all right. Coming up next, let's have a moment of heart to heart. You ask. We answer. Heart to heart. So, who's got a question for Roundtable this week? Dear Roundtable team, my name is Fiona. I wanted to take a moment to express my deep admiration and gratitude for your show, Roundtable. I have been an avid listener for many years, and listening to your show feels like sitting down with a group of close friends, even though we've never met in person. Your insightful conversations, witty banter, and diverse perspectives have not only entertained me, but also broadened my horizons. Now, I'd like to seize this opportunity to join your heart-to-heart -heart segment. You see, recently I found myself facing a significant life decision, and I believe your guidance could provide me with valuable insights. Two weeks ago, I started a new job at a new company with high hopes and excitement. However, reality has proven to be quite different from my expectations. The work environment and company culture have not been what I envisioned. While I understand that no job is perfect, I can't shake off the feeling that this might not be the right fit for me. So what do you think? Should I quit this job or not? Thank you. Wow, thank you so much, Fiona, for trusting us with an important question. <laughs> Xingyu, what do we have to say to our lovely listener? Um, I think since Fiona, you just started your new job for two weeks, so I wouldn't really recommend you quit immediately. Um, quitting cannot solve all the problems that you encounter in your workplace because you would probably have similar or different issues at another workplace. So I think what's important is how you look at these issues. Uh, from my own experience, it is always challenging to start a new job and it definitely takes time to adapt to the new environment and get to know your new colleagues. I don't know if, if it's just me or others feel the same, but as I grow older, I find it harder to fit in a new workplace or a new team. But the initial discomfort might be temporary as you learn about the company culture and build relationships. Yes. Um, and what about you, Josh? I guess it depends on your situation. There's so many factors that could play into this. If you're not in a really difficult financial situation and you are able to support yourself for enough time to give yourself enough time to look for another job, then I don't think that it's a bad thing to quit a job really early on. I mean, to be honest, if a job is making you really unhappy and you're only a couple of weeks into it, it might be better to quit earlier 
then to wait, you know, another couple of months. It depends how sure of yourself you are. I mean, because to be honest with you, if you're only there for a very short time, you can pretty much remove that from your resume and CV and nobody will know um, is the brutal honest truth of it. So, and you can just put it down as time that you've spent in between your previous job or whatever it is you were doing before. But I do agree that if you are in um, a more, not unstable position, but if you need the money, if you need that stability for some time, um, if the job's not really awful, then maybe stick it out for a while. I mean, I have usually something like a five month rule for myself, something like that, um, which I know seems a bit random, but I've always found that that's enough time for me to know whether I need to like run away or like <laughs> do something like that. Um, and I've saved up enough money to be able to do so. So my recommendation would be talk to people very close to you, for sure, people who care about you, figure out your options, maybe write them down and then make the decision. Yeah. Yeah, I think these are really good points from both of you. Mm -hmm. The thing about the job is sometimes you just have to give yourself a bit more time to to feel about it. And, and also, I think it kind of matters whether you're like a workplace recce, you've, you're a fresh graduate, you're just starting this thing, or you're somebody who's got years of experience already and uh, kind of know your way around this career thing more or less um so your your judgment could be could be different yeah and also it's important to figure out what you value the most in your career um chinese writer gu dian who also works as a career development facilitator um, put forward this concept called career returns it equals finance plus development plus energy and finance refers to both long-term and short-term financial income. And it's not just limited to salary, but also including the bonuses and benefits. Development, it refers to the skills and growth potential, including opportunities for promotions and access to learning resources. And also energy, you should also think about your overall experience during work, um, your sense of fulfillment, happiness, and physical and mental well-being. And these are all the aspects that you should consider when you think about what you look for in your career. And also when you consider quitting, mm -hmm. you have to also consider uh, sunk cost, uh, which is the time, money, and effort you have invested in finding a job. For instance, if you spend three months looking for a job and then you realize it's not fit for you and you start looking for another job again, then the initial three months you spent in, in delivering resumes and uh, attending interviews would be your sunk cost. So before you quit, it's better to carefully consider whether you can afford the burden of this sunk cost again. Yeah, that's also a good point. And also, you know, your time sort of um, hesitating, trying to make up your mind. And if you drag on for more months, then that could also be another kind of sunk cost if <laughs> if you didn't like the job still after all that time. But maybe you change your mind. But one thing I would I would like to share with you here is that when you don't like something at work and then the first thing that comes to mind is that, should I quit? I don't know if maybe that should be the, the third or fourth question. As a working adult, there are just so many things in life that don't revolve around our needs. And it feels like we're, we're constantly trying to mold ourselves, bend ourselves over backwards just to 
just to make ourselves into the perfect worker. But also doing that too much, I think, is is not a great idea either. If you like what you hear, send us your question or comment on the show to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. And we would really appreciate it if you could include your name and region of residence in the email as well. And that brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Thank you so much, Xingyu and Josh Cotterell, for joining the discussion. I'm He Yang. We'll see you next time. <laughs>